0: what's going on everybody welcome back to my channel my name is tuck welcome back to episode two of the torching time podcast i'm joined like last time by my friend tj tj say hello to the lovely people hello people i made the cut i got to return he is very insightful on things real quickly before we start let's do some proper introductions my name is why the tuck at why the tuck on all social medias i am why the tuck across the board I didn't mention that for the people that weren't seeing what was on screen last time for the audio people, and along with that, for you audio people or people on YouTube interested in listening on different platforms, we are on every audio platform, with the exception of Apple Podcasts, because they will not let me claim my podcast, so there will be a link in the YouTube description to all the audio platforms, and if you just want to find us, Torching Time Podcast on every audio platform. Now... I guess just to catch people up to date with what we've been doing, let's talk about our last two weeks since we've recorded in the realm of esports. I'll let you start because I want to see where you take this answer. We've gotten shit on NGBs every single night. I mean, to be fair, I... We weren't. Well, yeah, but as a team, we've been getting shit on. I mean, that's not fair. We went round 11 that one round. I don't count crossroads. (laughs) I don't count anything that happens we on crossroads. Stuck,
1: we get stuck with Armada sh- fucking whatever strike is it? It's strike, right? Armada strike. When did we?
0: Oh, fuck. We man, always we get did. stuck
1: on Armada. We like, did play Armada. We play a best of three, and it is constantly fucking Armada. Armada, Every fucking
0: time. okay. Uh, game Battles Admins, this is going to be directed at you. Please take Armada Strike out of S&D variant for game battles. It is the least competitive map I think I've ever played, and it offers nothing in terms of achievement. Or, hot, or tactics. It. If the tactic for my default strat on that map is to jump off the edge of the map, which should kill me in real life, and then zip line up to the B-bomb site and head glitch, that's not a good tactic. There's nothing there. It is like... It is not a good map. It's not. Taking big map and making it smaller does not equal good map.
1: I mean... I don't know. Crossroads, kind of... It can work.
0: Crossroads... Crossroads is entirely too small, at least for s and then for Respawn, yeah. the spawn points are... They, they exist. Spawn points, I mean, you they can spawn back, you can respawn.
1: I played an AIDS lobby yesterday or the day before, and dropped a 50 bomb on it, so I can't really complain. I mean, much. I'm not going to
0: debate that it's <laughs> not fun to play, always having high interactions on a map is fun, but... Just from a base map design, it's the same issue. They took a big map, made it smaller, added kill barriers. It's not meant to play on that size of a map. That's why the spawns don't make sense. That's why P3 will never work. They moved the hard point from behind the giant rock to the uh, mesh area to like by the road, but they didn't eject. Is that P4? What's P3? P3 is inside of uh, BS and D. Like fire. The rotation from 3 to 4 is 20 feet? Yes, literally. All right, so let's add that to the list of fuckery. I they don't utilize the ice side of the map at all. I would love. No, to they, I mean, as a hard point, that'd be kind of difficult to do because it's so wide open. I mean, yeah, but there's been maps, there's been hard points like that in other maps, like P1 from Yemen hard point in Bo2, that was but a I, bridge. I, if if they was to do it, I guess they could just put it like around where the A bomb is, and then
1: people could heady on the. Great. i i just think the hard points if if they was to actually give a shit and
0: well i mean like it. p1 it would just be a mirror of p1 p1's a contest hill yeah. p4 at that rate would just be a hill no one gets time on yeah pretty much i i don't care i just think there's no use of the ice side of the map other than a flank route for uh p2 yeah it's just I don't know. The map has potential, but it's just not well thought out for some of the things and the spawns just I don't think there's any fixing the spawns. I think you just have to put the hard points in a place that don't mess with the spawns. Yeah. Which I mean, I like the way that, that they moved P four because it before they
1: moved it, people were literally spawning in the hill on that back rock. Oh I mean yeah, and that needed to change. There was no so, the, I mean at least now somebody <clears throat> can set like top cat and like
0: catch them as they're crossing. It's not. Running, fire. i would really like them to take crossroads out of uh 4v4 <laughs> D variant as well but uh, yeah. i'm i'm ultimately a nobody the pros aren't going to be playing it which is going to segue into our uh not our next topic a future topic on the list i have but i guess one last thing on this because we mentioned it before we move on to the next topic if you guys are interested in seeing our struggles in the game battles matches i upload them to my channel and then there's also super cuts uploaded to the team fiki youtube channel at why the tuck and at team fiki on youtube just look for the thumbnails that have to do with game battles matches and you'll find it or i can link playlists in my description for youtube people on audio platforms i doubt you like youtube anyway you just gotta type that shit in just type (laughs) it in just search why the tuck you'll find me now, moving from that topic on to the next topic, this is going to be a quick one. We're going to have to update our power rankings list, because Paris announced their roster. Do we really have finally. to update it though? Well, that's where we're going to get to. <laughs> the roster... The uh, Paris finally announced the roster, like, literally a day after we recorded the last podcast, because, I guess, just a big middle finger to me and my timing. The uh, announcement for their roster is Scraps, Fire 40, Aqua, and Classic. Now... This is going to sound really dumb. They're still 12th on my power rankings, <laughs> <laughs> which is crazy for me to say that a team that has scraps is the worst team in the league. But
1: but I mean just look at who's Aqua, inspired. if this
0: was a jetpack game, this is a top 3 team cuz Aqua was really good at jetpacks. Classic was okay at jetpacks. He thrived with the Rampart in BO4. Without the Rampart, Classic's a point .8 to a point .9 SMG player and then Fire40, no offense to you brother, I don't know you. if you ever find this podcast nothing against you i just didn't pay attention to challengers last year i don't know who you are he played with
1: parasite a little bit like that's the one reason i do know who he
0: is yeah that's the only reason i know who the hell he is but like let's scroll up to last week and just compare to our number 11 team which was the london Uh, ravens yeah trey shawnee dylan and alex that roster even though it's one rank above them in terms of the power rankings list is so much better than Paris I can't put it on paper I can't put it into words Dylan and Alex alone could probably 2v4 the Paris roster <laughs> like that's obviously yeah, a yeah. joke I understand Paris is a pro team and they scrim and practice just as hard as everybody but I want to know what happened like Wuskin and Scraps don't have a beef with each other do they as far as I know they uh they don't so but, like why was like why is Weskin not on this team instead of Classic? I'm assuming
1: Paris probably signed whoever would have been in Weskin's spot already, like prior to signing Scraps, or they just didn't want the twins because maybe that was an issue on whenever they were in London. Maybe them being together wasn't <sighs> what a team wanted. And maybe that's why they didn't even end up back on London.
0: I mean, I don't know. I'm just looking going. at the roster. I'm assuming Awk was the main AR woskin no offense to yuli woskin's better than yuli right that's why
1: i'm assuming that they probably already had aqua signed before they signed scripts i
0: at least get him as a sub or something bro do something i mean that's still possible it is still possible is it likely i don't think so there's some fuckery happening behind the scenes that we're never going to know about like why john isn't playing anymore
1: nobody's heard from john like, bro a, the last like, i, I heard
0: the last i heard about john is that he was blacklisted because he slept with someone's girlfriend <laughs> that is legitimately the story that. i that is the story i heard and that is what i'm taking at face value moving on with my life is john went from like being challengers john went from being <laughs> a uh, an mvp at champs to placing second at champs to being one of the best smg players if not the best smg player in world war ii to being an above average to good SMG player in BO4 and then just wasn't in the league or associated with anything in the league well, in NW. Well I know
1: he was 100% blacklisted for Modern Warfare like he could not play in it for whatever
0: reason. I know that too and like the story I heard was he slept with someone's girlfriend but that might have just been a joke. There has to be something else like But I don't know why he hasn't tried to make a comeback or came back. I- I mean to be honest bro he made a lot of money he might not want to. Hmm. <laughs> Uh, he, made a, he made a lot of money in a short amount of time, and he's probably still getting payouts because of how long those processing times take. He probably just wakes up every other fucking day and gets like a $5,000 check from 2013. <laughs> but, so yeah, Paris announced their roster, they didn't move up in the power rankings at all. Which is still mind-blowing to me that a team that has scraps is not a good team. I mean, I feel
1: like they might be able to move, but, like, as it stands right now, no. That's... But I heard Fire is actually going off in scrims, but that's your say so. Who really knows? Dude,
0: I wouldn't know. I, like, whenever I look up on the timeline or YouTube for scrims, Paris is never one of the teams that pops up. Probably because they didn't exist until recently, but... Yeah, they were on the DL. Which, like, fortunately for them, them taking this long to announce a team isn't going to impact them negatively, because... Paris, The entire GA thing that we're going to talk about next is going to change the meta. And then two, there's another two months until the first event, so they still have two months of practice. I just don't think those two months of practice are going to help them. But like I said in the last episode of the podcast, the adding in of the double Elam tournament major style events is going to help teams like Paris because from history... I know that bad teams don't do well in league match settings. Like Epsilon from World War II, when they finally won their match, it's one of the most viewed videos from the World War II season, whenever they beat Envy. I was watching that match live, and I was laughing my ass off the entire time. Because this was, like, right after Temp was talking shit about Nadeshot and Censor, and then he loses to fucking Epsilon. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, I hope the best for them... As long as they're not playing OpTic, I hope the best for them. I just don't see a lot of good things happening this season from them, especially considering the uh, management for the team they're playing under.
1: Right. I mean, I feel like if Scraps and Fire can put something together, they might be able to, but...
0: That's the other thing that I'm worried about, is Scraps is such a meme lord, will he take this seriously if they start underperforming? exactly because like this is another throwback to the bo4 league season when they were getting (laughs) they were getting ready to play their match on like the mog stream or the uh the twitch stream and there was a countdown happening on the screen and nameless posted a clip to twitter of scraps standing by the countdown screen there was like 13 seconds left and my man was eating a pork chop (laughs) when he had to be (laughs) in his seat playing in 20 seconds (laughs) but whatever we hinted at it We hinted at it. We're going to move on to the updated GA list, which if you look in the channel, there is a link that will take us to those updated GAs. I got right. Holy. Yeah, this is a very light mode thing. Yeah. Alright, so before we hop into this, we need to do some vocabulary lessons because I realize not everybody that's going to watch this is going to be a uh, competitive COD enthusiast. So we're going to run down some list of terms real quick. That I can think of off the top of my head. Starting off with the name of the podcast, torching time. What is torching time? It's basically wasting someone else's time whenever there's a scheduled event. So if I tell TJ we're recording the podcast at six o'clock and then I show up at six fifteen, I have officially torched fifteen minutes of TJ's time. Gentlemen's agreements, different from outright bans in the league. Gentlemen's agreements are. The majority of the players that matter, so if I decide not to use the AK-47, my opinion on that doesn't matter, but the majority of the players whose opinions matter within a realm of whatever they're in will just take a majority vote and they'll say not to use this. That is what we're going to talk about right now. The majority of the players have agreed not to use this, so everyone else that was in the minority has to abide by the majority vote. So, with that said... Hold on. what
1: happens if they don't follow GAs? Let's uh, if they it. don't
0: follow GAs, let's say, off the top of my head, let's say Havoc decides he doesn't want to follow what Crim6 says. Havoc plays for Florida. Florida will never get a scrim the rest of the season until they start playing uh, paying, uh, playing by the GA rule set that the pros have agreed on. So if you don't follow <laughs> this list, other teams will just not play you, and then you don't get practice, and you get worse, and you're punished in that way.
1: You're Didn't essentially... That Didn't that classic. happen to who? Classic in bo 4 because he wanted to use it.
0: <clears throat> oh, yeah. Classic was classic was blacklisted for, like, a few weeks in bo 4 because he wanted to run the uh, the Rampart after he figured out it was a cheat code, and then the rest of the league wanted to ban it. Yep. So, and then just other terms to throw out real quick before we start talking. Chalked basically means you're going to give up on something. It's over. There's no point in continuing to try. Just... Chalking something up and then moving on with your life. And then there's another term I had written down, but I don't know where that list went, so we're going to talk about the GAs. Starting from the top to the bottom, the tactical rifles. These things should be banned, but people at the CDL just don't use their brains and they think. It's going to be, I'm sure
1: of it. It just hasn't been updated yet.
0: I hope so. So the GA list, not the official ban list. The GA list, the things the players have agreed not to use. Tac rifles, that means the AUG. The M16, the DMR-14, the Type 63, I have no problem with that because the DMR and the Type 63 are just annoying. And then the AUG and the M16 are outright broken. Yeah. Uh, Moving down the list, assault rifles, the AK-47 has been officially GA'd by pro players. I don't necessarily think that needed to happen, but then again, I don't play with pro players. I know the AK-47 is very good, but I've always preferred the Krieg, so... The pro players seem to like that from what I've seen on Twitter. The AK-47 apparently in the hands of the best people on the planet, I guess is like giving an MLB player an aluminum bat and assuming that they wouldn't get better. I don't like it. Yeah, you wouldn't like it? It's the only gun you're good with, bro. Ever since VO4, you've been the KN forehead. Realistically, I
1: don't like it just because the AK is my favorite gun. But... I can kind of understand how it would balance out better. I mean, everybody could just run around with the AK and you could outgun subs, could outgun the Krieg. Like, it didn't matter. So I get why they did it. I'm just kind of upset because it's the AK.
0: I don't think the AK was as broken as the uh, launch FFAR, but the AK was definitely the do-it-all gun. There could be four AKs on the map and no one would ever suffer. The AK-47, rather, because there is a 74. Right. But in the 8th lobby I played in the other day, I
1: ran the AK-74U and it felt great. Now that the AK-47 isn't on the map, it's it actually made the subs buy I didn't
0: realize this until Accuracy pointed it out because I was in Sensors stream, I think, and he rated Accuracy. Mm-hmm. Accuracy was talking about the time to kills. I didn't realize this, that the AK-74 only kills in one less bullet than the Korea at any distance. Yeah,
1: I think it, it beams. It's...
0: I, I knew it was a good gun. I just didn't know that it was a hard fact. Then again, I guess I just miss a lot of shots at the 74 because I'm not used to its recoil pattern. It has a really goofy recoil pattern. It, it's super weird, but after you get used to it, it
1: it's disgusting.
0: Uh, speaking of SMGs, the KSP-45, I agree with that because it falls into the same category as the AUG and the M16 where it just one-bursts people for no fucking apparent reason. I, I, try, I That was like my second gun trying to get gold
1: after I gave up on the whole black. Ether or whatever the hell of bullshit. And that gun was garbage in pubs, but that's also because other people are running the M16 and stuff.
0: They buffed it, which I don't know why they buffed it, but, like, I'm gonna throw this out there just, like, another PSA to Treyarch. In a game with 150 health, burst weapons should never one-burst kill somebody. <laughs> why is that a thing? Why does an SMG that shoots a 45 ACP round based on its name, I'm assuming that's what the 45 means, Why does a three-round burst 45 ACP SMG do 50 damage per bullet? I mean, I get so it makes it viable, but it doesn't make sense. I mean, what was the, uh, it wasn't, it was the, uh, oh, I'm having a brain fart. What was the really accurate SMG from BO4 that had the burst mod? Um, shit. It had the unicorn uh the gks the gks yeah like the gks had a burst attachment but it didn't one burst i think it was garbage <laughs> i i mean it was garbage in the realm of compared to the sog and no it, it, was, it was garbage all around the Corda, it was the worst smg but like that was balanced it wasn't not every gun in the game has to be the best gun in the game right which best gun in the game speaking of pistols the, oh, the 1911's officially GA'd. Roger. The Magnum has also been GA'd. The 1911 is, falls into the same category as the KSP, where I get the 1911 is a back-to-back World War champ. <laughs> Why does it three-shot kill people? The yeah, 1911 has a quicker time to kill than my Krieg. And the AK. And the AK. Or and the 74. AK. That's what you tilted about the last time you ran GB, yeah. is you got first shot and somebody bought him playing on Checkmate and they turned yeah. on you with a 1911. Loss, complete, and absolute. Especially fun. considering headshot multipliers aren't turned off. Yeah. The yeah. thing in two-shot kill if it's right next to you, which I guess that's the same as the, uh, tac 40, not the TAC-40. The, uh, the 45 pistol and BO2. The really big one. It was supposed to be the Mark 23, but I don't remember what it was called. I, I'm not sure. I don't remember either. But pistols, 1911, Magnum. Magnum, yes. 1911, yes to an extent. The Diamante is absolute garbage, but... I guess that's the point of a sidearm. See, I, I kind of don't agree
1: with the Magnum, just because its fire rate was super slow. Like, I get, yeah, two-shotted, but nine times out of ten, by the time you get that, that second shot off,
0: you're dead. Because I, I used it a few times in GBs, and it was not good. I've never used the Magnum. My only experience with the Magnum is getting fucking memed with people running dual Magnums in pubs, and I just instantly die and don't get a chance to understand what happened to me. That's probably why it got G8. <laughs> I mean, like... probably. I just—it's always the same. All magnums are always banned. I don't know, Like, what was the oh, last man. game? What was the last game we played where the Magnum wasn't banned? Because it was banned last year too. G8 rather not banned. I have to be careful with my terminology. I mean, I get why because it's a super strong pistol,
1: but I don't know. I feel like the fire rate kind of balances it out, but that's just me.
0: Like, in, now, the grand, in the grand in the grand scheme of things, the diamati will probably make things better, air quotes. I'm not sure pistols really matter that much. They're just annoying to die to. It's not like somebody's gonna run around with a 1911 and just take over the map like uh, Pharaoh in uh, World War II with the duelist, ta- uh, duelist perk on. Or fucking simp with the Strafe, was it? Yeah, this... Uh, what, that, that's, a, that's a good debate. 1911 or Strife. Yeah, Strife, whatever the fuck it's called. I mean, they're the same gun, effectively, but... I guess yep. in the way the game, the game, the Strife had less recoil in the 1911, so I guess the Strife would be the, uh, the better gun between those two.
1: Right, and I don't understand why that one didn't get GA'd, but this one is.
0: Uh, because the RK-7 and the Mozu were ga eight and Bo 4 That was the only thing they had left. Okay, that makes sense. The RK-7 was a pocket M16 and the Mozu... What's the... Magnum? Mozu was a Magnum. That was also GA'd, so anyway, moving down the list, snipers! The hottest topic of the entire community, comp, pubs, anything. No sniper rifles and respawn. Hardpointing control, you're not allowed to use a sniper because apparently they're that good and that impactful on a map. And then one sniper allowed an S&D, which... Yeah, whatever. i played against a dual sniper setup, but it's annoying, but it's annoying in every game. I don't understand the difference between snipers in this game and snipers last year. Right other than the maps are more arcadey this year, and I guess it makes it easier for snipers to do that. I don't know. I'm still of the mindset that if they turned off aim assist and uh, added flinch, the snipers would be balanced, but they're just never going to do that. Yeah, I I kind of agree with the
1: one sniper in s and because, I mean, they are super annoying, and, like, on maps like, I don't know, checkmate, you can literally have a sniper on both sides of the plane, and you're pretty much set.
0: I mean, yeah, but here's where the other... Is it mentioned below? It has to be mentioned below. Yeah, we're limited to two smokes in S&D. Because thermals are GA. That's the next thing on the list is thermal size are ga So the counter to snipers is smoke grenades. That's where people have to use common sense and smoke off where the sniper's going to be and then play around that. Because unless the sniper gets a pick, the sniper's at a disadvantage. And you right. can argue, oh, snipers are good for quick scoping, which that's true, but that also has been the case in every COD. A sniper, a pro player, is going to be good with a sniper in any situation compared to a normal player. Like, even players like Tupac. Not saying Tupac's bad, he's not a pro player, though. Right. But, like, the snipers are such a hot debate. And I just don't see why the snipers this year are worse than last year. So we already talked about thermal sites. Thermal sights need to be gone, GBs. Please listen to that. Barrel Task Force. I get the task force ban because Task Force is adding uh High Cal, High Cal, yeah. High Cal to the SMGs, and the only gun that has High Cal was the Krieg, and it had built-in high cal and they nerfed the High Cal, so them getting rid of the headshot bonus on SMGs was a balance attack was a, a counterbalance to the Krieg. So I'm okay with that one. It makes the SMGs have a a better purpose. And the next one says all body attachments restricted. I don't know what that means. Lasers. Uh, Lasers, flashlights, stuff like that. Okay, yeah, so I knew about that one. That one's an old one. So all lasers and flashlights are restricted because hip fire is kind of cheap. Yep. The muzzle kgb eliminator and socom the kgb is horizontal recoil and the socom eliminator i don't know what that one does because i never used it uh, i think that one i'm pretty sure that one adds damage
1: i could Maybe. be wrong that, but i'm pretty sure that's the one that adds damage
0: it might be i don't know what it is because i never used it i know kgb is horizontal recoil uh, Wild Cards, the Perk Agreed, so apparently that one's officially off the table if I ever run something outside of GBs. Lawbreaker is only allowed without overkill, that's an old one. Gunfight is allowed, that's a typo, Gunfighter is allowed. Perk Gearhead, Gearhead is the one that lets you get your um, equipment quicker, I think. Yeah. So like your trophies, you get it uh, significantly quicker. Items, Lethals, Molotovs are off the table, Tacticals. Uh, no smoke grenades and hardpointed control. That one's a stupid one. I don't agree with that one. Outright getting rid of smoke grenades? No. Restricting them? Yes. Because smoke grenades are very annoying. Right, But I guess
1: that's the point of writing. I, mean, tr- I think part of that has to do with uh, your trophy systems don't
0: destroy the smoke grenades half the time. I mean, if that's the case and that's an issue, Treyarch needs to fix. Because exactly. smoke grenades destroy tomahawks, or do they? Uh... Uh, science will do that later. Okay. Uh teams limited two smokes and SD. Like I said, I agree with that. Limit the smoke grenades, don't outright get rid of them. Because especially the way this game works in uh in uh three spawn, ARs posting up on head glitches is the meta. How do you counter head glitching ARs? You smoke them off. But Field upgrade, teams limited to three trophies and jammer. Jammer is banned, you can only use three trophies, which.
1: And, I, don't... I mean, Jammer basically gives you a counter UAV for that little bit of area. Yeah, I know, but. So that's.
0: Uh, score streaks. Teams are trialing artillery at 1,600 score and cruise missile at 2,000 score. That's a lot of kills for an artillery, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Especially.
1: I'm trying to think of how many points exactly you get for a kill,
0: but I'm not sure. It's 100. Okay. So, so you, need you need 16 kills for an artillery? That can't be yeah. right. I mean, it's score, so you also got, like, hard point time. I mean, okay, fair enough, but... I feel okay. like it's a little bit lower, though. If you still go on an 8-kill streak in the hard point, you're still sitting at 1,200. Right. And the score streaks don't reset on... They do reset on death in the competitive rule set. They're trialing that one, so I don't know about that one. I hope that one doesn't get passed because that's gonna make things boring. You have to go, you have to go on a twenty kill streak to get a cruise missile. <laughs> yes, You're yes. two thirds of the way to All a nuke right. and you have a cruise. <laughs> um, other miscellaneous things: cartel hardpoint is ga. They don't want to play that. That's gonna get removed anyway. And then auto sprint must be disabled, which. I guess that matters to pro players. I don't think it really matters that I think much. it's partially just the stuff from last year coming over. Probably. The only issue I have with auto sprint must be disabled is one, I never turned auto sprint enabled on, so. <laughs> right. I never had that turned off. And then two, if I was a pro player, because I know just me playing the amount I play, I literally have a dent in my left thumb, so.
1: Yeah. I just looked down at my thumb. Definitely, there's a dent.
0: So we'll move on to the yes. challengers talk. <clears throat> the number one team is Lag AC, which I'm guessing stands for Los Angeles Guerrillas Academy. So that team consists of Exceed Chino Mental and I don't know who that last person is. S4 S4? Nero. Who? Wait. Nero? Neuro Poison? Oh Nero. Nero, whatever. Not the YouTuber that had a mental breakdown, the competitive <laughs> player. They have 1,300 pro points apiece. not sure how this works. Like, I understand the team that has the most pro points is going to be the top team, but... Somehow they're doing something where you play a match and you get a certain amount of pro points.
1: I'm not exactly sure how, much, how many pro points. If it's the
0: same as it was in World War II, the last time Optic had to play for pro points, which is the last time I had a reason to care, every day you have to play matches to get, like, 5 to 10 pro points... And then you're limited at 4 matches a day or something. That's so you have to play 4 matches a day, 5 pro points, and then the last match I think is 15. And so you're limited to 20, uh, no. Math. 30 pro points a day.
1: That's kind of dumb.
0: I mean, it's the point of a grind, but at the same time... That's dumb. It was a flawed system yeah. back in World War II. You shouldn't have to play it every single day. I mean, you don't have to. That's the point of it. That's the one the reason it's a flawed system, because the best teams aren't going to fucking grind pro points every day. The best teams are going to be entering, like, scrims with pro teams. They're going to be playing in CMG tournaments to get your reps against, like, nerds that play <laughs> S&D. Mm-hmm. It's just the pro point system is a flawed system. However, the number one team on the leaderboard right now is Exceed Chino, Mental, the Gears of War player that transitioned, and then Nero Poison, assuming he is the last person who's named S4S4 S4 on game battles. Yeah. So. Whenever I looked at the name. That's the a good players. team. Chino, good player, solid AR, MVP in World War II. Last time there was 4v4, COD. Exceed's a good player. Mental. World champion Gears of War player. I don't know much about him as a as a COD player. I mean, he just switched over this year, so it's hard. to Yeah, I know. King Crew, who are you? The number two team on the ladder. uh, oh, it's Goonjar Zed and Dens. That's the yep. team that Sensor got dropped from. Yep. So that team is going to be Goonjar Zed, Dens, and then uh Jurd. Yeah, it's a good team. I don't really have anything to say beyond that. Goonjar is always, like, one of the ARs I feel like should be in the Pro League, but he never quite makes it because of outside factors I don't know about, I'm sure. Zed's been in the Pro League, Denz has been in the Pro League, and then Jurd Was Jurd in the Pro League last year? No. He was in the Pro League on BO4 because he played under Splice. I don't remember what Jurd did last year. Did Jurd play at all last year? I don't think so. I think he took a year off. Jared, like I said, if you ever listen to this, I apologize. I don't know what you did last year. Maybe you were one of the 20 people that Toronto had on their roster.
1: <laughs>
0: that's actually possible. I'm not sure. Because <laughs> I know that's where Bance was. Bance is. Number three Any... team is Ghostbusters.
1: I don't know a single
0: one of them. Uh, me either. I'm glad you guys are third on the Pro Points leaderboard, though. Leaderboard, though. Oh, I think I know Evade. I know Evade. That is the only one I know. Skywalker kind of sticks out. Like Ruper,
1: But I'm not... 100% sure. well,
0: here's the thing. There's more than four people on this team, so I don't know who the 45 are. Starting four are. I cannot talk right now. I'm trying to do Challenger stuff. You guys have to bear with me for Challenger's talk, because there's not a lot available to me. Like, unless the people I follow on Twitter are the people that are on these rosters, I don't know who does what, because the Game Battles just does not update anything. Like, I was telling TJ before we started, I went to the Game Battles website to find the winners of the past two Challengers Cups, and there was nothing under the bracket. There were no teams in the tournament, I guess. (laughs) This is where these idiots making content would mail me out, like, (laughs) exponentially because that's how I know about players, is through content or watching them on main stage, and none of these guys are on main stage, so I'm not even going to try to pronounce the fifth team.
1: It's just a bunch of random
0: letters. Uh, it's Bullseye, TCM, and Mosh, and Katani. Fun yeah. fact, Bullseye, TCM, and Mosh. Maybe not Mosh, definitely Bullseye and TCM were one of the teams that approached me last year to play under us. Like I said, a lot of the uh, top-tier teams that I know are on the Challengers side of things aren't even in the top five on this. Like, whatever team Fellow played for, is that Triumph Gaming? They're not here. Wester isn't here. Yeah, these are just people I don't know. Like, this is why Challengers talk is so hard. I don't know any of these players unless I watch them play. And, like, the organizations that they're on don't force them to make content. So... I just don't know who they are. Also, considering last year... Oh, there goes my pen. LOL. Bye, have a good time. Uh, especially considering last year, there was no stream for Challengers matches <laughs> until, like, the last two events. So I'm sure these people were absolutely fucking frying in Challengers, but I just never got to see it because there was no challenger streams. Yeah, whatever, This this list doesn't really provide much the top team is the LA Academy team or the LA Gorillas Academy team and then they just have players I know. Outside of that, I don't really have a lot of input on the players I don't know about, but Wester, the team that's won the two Challengers Cup is Paul X, Zapdias, Venom, and Tom Gravity. So, that's a squad of people does. that probably could be the Paris team, but they probably should have been the Paris team. team. Zaptius was in the pro league last year or the year before was it last year it was bo4 he definitely played in bo4 i know that tom gravity played for phase academy in bo4 and won an event with simp venom is a name i know and then paul x is a name that i've recently discovered because of the uh, competitive highlights youtube channels that steal other people's content and re-upload mm-hmm. them so yeah, i know indeed, i think yesterday I I don't know, but I know this squad has been scrimming a lot of pro teams, so I know they are above and beyond, accepted as the best amateur team right now. Yeah, Venom's disgusting. So then we talk about other teams like Parasites Team. Him decimates. I'm blacking again.
1: Good luck with that. That switched so many times I couldn't even tell you.
0: Did they already drop more players? I, it wouldn't surprise me at this point. Unless something crazy... Oh, he's a free agent? Yeah, he got dropped.
1: Yeah. Poor Parasite. I don't even know, like, because he's a good player.
0: It makes no sense. I
1: mean, I get he's a fucking dick.
0: I mean, this is going to bring up a top... Is it the next topic? It is the next topic. Parasite got dropped from his old team because he didn't get along with Blast, and then Blast said he wasn't competing this year anyway. Right. So that wasn't that probably wasn't even parasite and blast not getting along. That was blastful just not giving a fuck.
1: Yeah, pretty much. It wouldn't surprise me if he ended up back with those guys, like now that at blast.
0: I mean, so. maybe replace decimate with replace blast with decimate rather, because yep. he tweeted out two days ago and probably last night as well. Because I was in attack accuracy stream whenever Sensor raided him. Parasite's playing 8s with pros. Like, the pros respect him as a player, just they don't want to fucking play with him. Yep. There is nothing on Parasite's timeline about teaming with anybody. He's made a shitty name for himself. Yeah, but people can change, and I feel like Parasite has changed, but he's just always going to be stuck with the stigma that was Black Ops 3 and before Parasite. Yeah. Because, like, if you listen to, like... If you listen to the things Parasite says, he has the same problem as Crim6, but Crim6 is just a better player, and people want to play with Crim. He has the mm-hmm. same issue as Ian, Crim6, where they're right in what they're saying, but they present their arguments like absolute fucking idiots, and they make it sound like they're telling people that they don't have thumbs. Like the one argument from Black Ops 3, where Parasite got dropped on stream from Complexity. He was telling his teammates he wanted better information whenever they got a call-out. Or, like, something along the lines. Like, you need to play faster, and Parasite's like, I don't know what that means. Tell me what you want me to do. Don't give me a blanket statement. And then that just devolved into a fucking pissing match. Right. Like, Parasite wasn't wrong in what he said, but the way he presented his argument makes him an unlikable person. Mm. Or, like, whenever they were pre-landing for World War II champs at the Hex Quarters and, Crim Six put a uh, Astro Mixamp through one of Hex's walls because he got into an argument with Octane I think wait really yeah that was talked about on it was either Nameless's podcast or it was on the eavesdrop Uh, Krim got so mad at I think it was Octane that he literally picked up a Mixamp and threw it and it went into Hex's wall and Hex was like no no this is my place you're gonna pay me for the Mixamp and the damage to my wall But you're never going to do that again.
1: I didn't... It had to have been on Nameless's podcast because I
0: never listened to it until I think the last one he just posted. Nameless's podcast is the one thing that actually gave me enjoyment during the World War II season. That makes sense. But! Players leaving... uh, We just talked about it for Blast. Players leaving Cod Esports for Warzone. It's a very tough decision for a lot of them, I know, because Call of Duty is probably all they know, competitive COD. It just yeah. For me, it boils down to one, can you justify the decision based on the amount of money you're making? Because Blast, Blast is one of the few people that can transition out of competing, giving up a salary, and still being okay because they have a large social media and Twitch following, and probably YouTube if you wanted to do that, but I don't know yeah. if he does, and I'm not sure if he will. But I mean, yeah. I think he might if he goes if he's going to Warzone. I mean, he's going to have to if he's going no, if he's leaving competing not? to be a full time Warzone content creator. He has to make content. That's one of the requirements for having the title content creator. Right.
1: And I mean, he definitely could. I mean, all you got to do is just clip a game, and post it.
0: Especially for someone like him who already has a following, which is one of the perks of being good naturally and having a fan base just from being naturally good at things. Is you don't have to work as hard when it comes to content because people right. will just watch you. Like, Shroud. Shroud is one of the most vanilla human beings on the planet, but he's a god at video games, and that's why people watch him, so whenever he does eventually have a personality, people are like, huh! Wow! That's a three million view video waiting to happen. Yeah. Now, there are other players, like... Now, these people are out there because they weren't competing at the time. They decided to go to Warzone, like Merc, Crowder, Muddog, and Maven that's more so just a question mark for me because their jobs revolve around COD esports, but they're not doing let me rephrase that they're actively promoting something that isn't what they do for like an actual living, like content creation, they make a lot of money I know they do, I don't have to see analytics to know that Merc makes a lot of money from just streaming Warzone, but his actual job at the moment is a Call of Duty esports commentator
1: Right,
0: and it just kind of irks me the wrong way to see people like him and TP and Maven not, like, not even playing like game battles matches like they did back in the day. Like, there, I would be willing to bet that a lot of people that watch Maven stream don't know what his actual job is. Yeah, I I listened to their hard points. I think
1: yesterday. I don't know. It was posted a while ago, but I finally got around to listening to it. And Cratter was. On there saying that like there's still people that don't know competitive call of duty exists.
0: Which is actually so like, whenever
1: he has to get off for scrims or whatever. They always ask him why he gets off so early.
0: Which might like, explain it to him. Which is gonna be one of the questions we talk about at the end of the podcast, so I'm not gonna go too in depth with it right now, but no. Yeah, just like it's weird. Like I understand Warzone's very popular, whether I agree with why Warzone is popular. I can't deny that it is popular. I just wish that Activision would just, you know, do things to help. I don't really have a lot... This is more just like an open discussion. I don't have any objective points for COD esports players leaving for Warzone. It was just kind of more of a talking point. It's just one of
1: those things. I mean, as long as they're still making the money that they would have been, if not more, then, I mean...
0: Like, that's if you can justify doing it and you're just genuinely not enjoying the cycle of teaming with a new player, a new team every week, then sure, dip and just be a content creator, play Warzone with your friends, get your bag. If someone gets the bag and they're getting the bag doing something else, I don't care. I respect the hustle, but at the same time, if you're someone that's like on the level that I would be working with and you're leaving COD Esports for Warzone, as, like, a job idea, like, if you just completely quit doing everything to be a full-time content creator, I would question why you're doing it. Right. Because you can back me up or argue with me on this point if I'm not right, but I feel like you've made more money competing in COD than you have from, like, streaming. Yeah. So, like, that's just... It comes down to an enjoyment thing. Like, if it's an enjoyment thing, sure. Enjoy whatever you want to enjoy. Just don't use it as a business model justification because you're not going to make more money. You're leaving a less saturated market to play in the most saturated market on the planet. That's not a good business decision. So, basically, my TLDR for anybody that might be listening, if you want to quit COD esports, whether it be a mental decision, an enjoyment decision, just justify it based off of those two things don't give me the money excuse because that's not that's not true you're not going to make more money streaming warzone unless you just decide to pop off for whatever reason if you want to go back and play blackout you'll probably make a lot more money going back to play blackout than streaming warzone because of the saturation thing but i digress my final topic is just the q a and a a lot of people sent me the same question I narrowed it down now before we do anything else I'm going to check Twitter and Instagram because I asked for people to give me questions Uh, no one on Twitter gave me anything so I'm just going to delete Eternal that Colonel had one in the chat yeah I know I'm going to get to that Okay. no one asked me anything publicly on Twitter then let me check Instagram real quick And no one asked me anything on Instagram. The perks of me forgetting to do it last night and asking 30 minutes before the podcast. (laughs) So let me get Eternal's question. Eternal's question. Eternal Fiki on Twitter asks, well, what are your thoughts on different gun metas in a game's life cycle? Would Would you rather have different metas or keep using the same gun strats? Now, I didn't really like the question, Eternal. I appreciate the question. I just don't think it's a good one. Because, one, every video game on the planet has an evolving meta. If the game is like other games that aren't COD, where the game is meant to last forever just with updates, there's always an evolving meta. So that just kind of comes with the, the the life cycle of the game. The only reason the meta changes in COD is because weapons will get bu- uh, nerfed or buffed immediately, or they'll just be agreed not to use. So, like... It depends what you're asking the question of, because like games like League of Legends, they have to have an evolving meta to keep that game alive. They have to add in new characters, new abilities, new skins, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, right? Yeah. And then there are the other games like Counter-Strike, where Counter-Strike has been the same game for basically 20 years, with the exception of a few tweaks to gun balance and map designs with certain things. I lean more towards the side of Counter-Strike weapon talent uh game balancing and updates because that has just always been what i've done like my entire life i have played traditional sports i played baseball like i said in the last podcast if you suddenly told me one day that i had to start pitching from 70 feet instead of 60 feet i'd be a little pissed i'm of the <laughs> mindset that i would rather there be a set way things work and then i could progressively get better at that one thing until i've reached my peak so that's where i like the counter strike counter strike's been the same game forever you have to get really good at what Counter-Strike is. And then you compete against other people that have progressively been getting better at what Counter-Strike is. That's what I want COD to be, kind of. But that's not possible with a game that changes every year.
1: Yeah, I 110% agree. Like, I like the fact that as soon as the game comes out, that's what you have unless, I mean, a nerf or something. But like, if it changes too often, people are going to lose interest and not want to get better.
0: Oh, that's another point I had. Oh, I had a... I'm trying oh. to think, I'm trying to think. I had, a, I had a really good thought earlier, then I forgot to write it down, and I just remembered it because it was what you just said. Uh-oh. Oh, it's, what, it's one of the answers to the next question. So, oh, okay. I've given my thoughts on that. Do you have anything else to add to what you just said about... I, not really. I mean, I like the idea of it being the same meta throughout the entire year, and then as a the new game comes out, then there's a new meta. Like... Ideally, I would love Call of Duty to be exactly like Counter-Strike in the way that it's just the same game with the only time you have to adapt is whenever they add a new map into the rotation. That would be my ideal Call of Duty. I would love...
1: Go ahead. I like the whole every year you gotta adapt and change it up and find new guns and get used to new maps.
0: But you see, that's where I disagree because... Like, especially this game compared to, like, BO4... This Cold War is BO4 the, the guns are just different guns The Maddox is the AK Maybe not the AK but you get my point yeah. The Krieg is the ICR The MP5 is the SOG The AK-74U is The other SMG people used Maybe I have that backwards The AK-74 is the SOG Like it's just reskinned guns It's basically the same, the gu- same Gun meta every year But I, the maps are always different and I would just, I'd rather prefer the same-ish guns and then just have new maps brought in and we have to learn occasionally. Because, like, I don't know about you. I, I'm sorry for saying this because this is going to make this podcast not safe for work. I would suck a dick <laughs> for Hardpoint Seaside to come back. Actually,
1: 100%. Like, yeah, that I enjoyed that map a lot.
0: I would do insanely disgusting things. Even for, control on that map i feel like that map was super good it was because there's elevation there's interesting lanes there's interesting connectors there are points of interest you have to hold down you have to have some tactic because if you want to stream straight up banana you're going to get gunned by the guy sitting on the fountain with the ar if you want to push through orange on the right side that bakery the left side rather if you're attacking uphill you have to fight your way through the sog player that's probably going to be in there and the ar player the best way to go about breaking the P3 hill on that map is going around the right side up the cliff but the other team knows that so they're probably going to have two players watching the back and it comes down to just winning your gunfights and using your uh, tacticals and lethals at that point like there's a sense of strategy to that exactly Like that, the hardpoint seaside, seaside <clears throat> at, the t- at the moment in the, in the game seaside was one of my least favorite maps to play because of how just nervous it made me But, like, looking back on it, it was a good map. It made for exciting moments. How many maps in pro play ended on Seaside Hardpoint going to P3? And it came down to which team was was better at breaking 3P. It was a lot. I know Optic Gaming had four maps on Hardpoint Seaside where it came down to literally who won the rotation to P3 and then held P3. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure, like, almost...
1: I mean, I'm probably wrong on this, but a lot of the maps... On that, ended at, like, 250 to, like, 220.
0: Oh, it was closer than that most of the time. Like, it's a good map. Whenever the maps are that close, you know it's a good map. It just also made for a lot of exciting moments, and maybe I'm talking out of nostalgia because I still occasionally watch Crim6's video the greatest hardpoint comeback ever where they beat Splice on CWL Vegas, I think. Where Crim6 mm. literally got a four-piece in the hardpoint while healing and slide slideshotting Looney. Like... <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'm just talking out of nostalgia, but hardpoint seaside is a map that I wish would come back. Honestly, did
1: Black Ops 4 have like a really bad map? Uh
0: SND Oh. Uh, I don't remember the name of the map. The missile map with the tube in the middle, S and D on the map that had the bomb set on the catwalk. But was that one really that bad? It was the worst one in my opinion. I mean, yeah, it was the worst one, but it wasn't that bad. It was still playable. I mean, it was like one of those maps that was bad, but it was like a fresh of breath air mad bad, a breath of fresh right. air bad because it was like, oh, like would you rather play on that or Crossroads? Well, I mean, I've just said Crossroads is a flawed map. There's no saving it's, Crossroads. That's what I'm saying. Like
1: it... Crossroads is a bad map, and then you're saying that that was the worst map of that game.
0: Like that's. I get what you're saying, but I'm trying to compare the two worst maps. Unless there's a map I'm just forgetting. Yeah, that one's probably my least favorite. Maybe, uh... Maybe... Alright, we have to think back to BO4. Hardpoint, Arsenal, uh, Frequency, Hacienda.
1: What
0: the fuck is the fifth map? Uh, we were just talking about it. Yeah. side. Yes, yeah, he said. and what was the fifth map? Arsenal frequency, seaside hacienda. Fuck!
1: Okay.
0: It's amazing how I played over a thousand hours in BO4. And I can't <laughs> right. fucking remember what maps we played. Uh oh shit. oh uh gridlock. Yeah, gridlock S and D might be my answer for the worst <laughs> for the worst map in that game. Maybe gridlock control. I'll say... It's tough. If I had a set squad, gridlock wouldn't have been that bad.
1: I gotta figure out what the fuck gridlock was.
0: It was the, uh... It was the map in Japan that had showers. Oh. And the, uh, bank truck that your teammate with the ICR would never leave when you were attacking the beast side control.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: It's all coming back to me now. Fuck that map. Yeah, we repressed that map. That's how we know that one's the worst. Yeah. Well, like even said, I still had fun playing that map. Yeah, I mean, if if you were firing on it, it wasn't horrible. But let's move on because we have to finish up the cast soon. Okay. Uh, the next question comes from Dr. Dabs on Twitter. He asks a content question. Why is trickshotting not popular as it was back in the day? And this is what I was saying about you talking about the ever-changing meta of a game. That's partially why trickshotting died is because trickshotting is so convoluted. That you have to learn new stupid mechanics every year, and that's kind of why it died because it didn't progress along with the games. Right. That's that's basically the answer for that. They kind
1: they kind of made it almost impossible to trick shot in some games.
0: That is true though. They did make trick shotting impossible with the newer games because I can't think of anywhere on BO4 where there's anything above like a ten foot drop, other than the voids that just fall off the map. Right. World War Two, the only thing I ever saw a trick shot hit on was uh Gibraltar. Lethal recording a podcast, we're finishing up Get Out. <laughs> uh That is that's basically all of it. It's coming down to maps yeah. not being viable for the trick shotting in the future games and then just and then probably... I mean, the advanced
1: movement didn't help at all.
0: Advanced movement actually helped a lot because they didn't really? need ju- they didn't need tall things to jump off. Then they just fucking went up.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess I feel. But like that's definitely. the
0: thing that turned a lot of people off was the advanced movement trick shots because whenever you spend ten seconds in the air, what the fuck do you do? Exactly. That's, that's the standards that's, just got ridiculous definitely. in jetpack games. And then I dropped my <laughs> fucking pen again. I it Bye pen. I actually don't know where it went that time. We'll pick it up later. Oof. All right, trickshotting died because people lost interest in doing ridiculous things. Also, it's not really rewarding. Like it is rewarding, but at the same time, i personally me. I trick shot back in the day. I just got tired of wasting five hours of my life for nothing to show. I moved on to better things. I moved on to uh, esports, which is the next question. Is how did you get into esports? So, back in Modern Warfare 2, which was my first COD, I got into competitive sniping. I didn't know what game battles was at the time. I didn't know that existed. I didn't know there was professional Call of Duty, or whatever it was in 2009. I just played competitive sniping, which, for my competitive snipers out there, like Dashy, who eventually transitioned into mainstream COD esports, we competed on a YouTube channel, which was called Sniper Leaderboards, which ranked the top... 1 to 50 teams that would compete in matches that they set up themselves so it was essentially the same idea as game battles but it was just a leaderboard that was moderated it was more like a discord server league than anything but the idea of setting up matches and playing top 50 teams for points and then ranks was the same thing so that would be my introduction to esports i guess and then i super got into it in bo2 because content made shot and scump So that's my answer for that. Mine,
1: well, (coughs) yeah, mine's probably Black Ops 2 watching Nade Shot and Scum. I think it mostly came off of just like the league play option in the game. Like I'd play it with just random friends.
0: Was the tweet I sent out earlier talking about accessibility?
1: Right i mean it was accessible it was something different i wanted to try it i got a rank for it i was like why not and then through that i ended up finding content creators nade shot scumpy all them and just enjoyed it ever since besides my yeah i'd always
0: like i mentioned earlier i've always been a competitive player i've played traditional sports i played baseball I've always wanted to be a professional baseball player. I played Call of Duty. Whenever I realized professional Call of Duty was a thing, I wanted to do that because that interested me. There's a sense of accomplishment whenever I beat somebody and actually get something in return for it other than a U1 icon popping up on your screen. And then BO2 was the perfect storm of one first COD champs. They promoted the fuck out of it. Which, you know, promotion, that was a topic last week. Haha people got into cod esports because you promoted a million dollar tournament that's crazy accessibility to the option to play and league play because game battles is one not very well known and two it's kind of a pain in the ass to play yeah and then three uh in tandem with the growth of cod esports and bo2 i mentioned content creators that also did that Most people probably knew Skump before they knew Skump played competitive COD. They probably just knew him as a pub stomper and then whenever they realized what he actually did he probably brought easily 500,000 fans to COD. Right. That's how I got into eSports. Competitive sniping and then COD eSports Actual with Black Ops 2's competitive system, streaming system and then league play system. And then the content surrounding black ops Two. yeah i'm pretty sure i got into it like right around the
1: end of bo2 but i mainly dived into it during ghosts and aw like that was whenever i took my big dive into it and like started playing with teams started playing in team scrims and tournaments and all that
0: like i didn't fully understand league playing bo2 i just kind of played it because it was something different I never actually followed the breadcrumbs to the competitive actual, but I later found out. But anywho, last topic on the Q&A is how does content help teams? And I feel like this is a question directed at me asking people to make content, but <laughs> content helps teams because it separates teams from being Chicago Optic or Paris Legion, that is my answer. That's a solid answer.
1: I mean... Look at what we just said with Black Ops 2, Scumpy and Ninja. Content... We're not going to be on that level anytime soon. But, that's, like, them making content got Optic bigger.
0: It gave people a reason to care about the players beyond they were good at the game. Like, why is Atlanta FaZe popular? Because of the decade of content that was made with FaZe Clan before the CDL existed. In BO4, why did people care about Team Reciprocity, which was Shawnee, Denz, Wuskin, Dylan, and uh, Zed? Because Reciprocity made the Wreck Vegas YouTube series where they basically just documented the team living in their fucking mansion in Las Vegas.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: They made content around the team, which in turn gave that team fans, and then some of those fans just latched onto players like Zed, and then just continued following him through his career like Envy Envy is more leaning towards the traditional we're just good at everything so care about us thing but they do make content especially considering Post Malone is one of their owners now like you'd be fucking stupid not to make content when Post Malone is one of your owners right (laughs) why do people like 100 Thieves it's not because Nadeshot was good at COD it's because Nadeshot was the COD father for Call of Duty content like no disrespect to nade but i'd be lying if i said he was a top tier player (laughs) hbr hbr he was actually good at snd and ghosts but that's like (laughs) the one the one upside to that 100 thieves is popular because of all the fucking work nade shot put in making content behind the scenes That's the one thing, I think Killa said it when he was streaming one day, is like, Nade may not have been good at COD, but he was planning for the future five years before we knew what the fuck to do. Nade shot was making content in 2010 and we were laughing at him. Who the fuck is laughing now? (laughs) (laughs) And like, that's coming from Adam Killa Sloss, one of the most blunt people on the planet. Yeah. So basically, content helps teams because if you're good at COD you don't show people why you're good at COD no one fucking cares like Skump was one of the best players in COD, competitive COD but Skump is more popular for being a pub stomper or was more popular like his videos back when he made VO2 content he didn't get 8 million views on a video called That Trigger Finger because (laughs) he was good at competitive esports he was just a fucking nasty COD player that happened to transition over to uh Transition his fans over to watching him succeed. And then also, let's talk about the golden days of Optic Gaming as my last touching point. I've never had a reason to care about PUBG or League of Legends or Dota 2 other than the times that uh, Optic Gaming entered those esports back when that was the good team. Mm-hmm. So... Optic Gaming, a basically console FPS roster entering League of Legends. They had an immediate fan base in League of Legends because of the decade of content they made prior. So, my TLDR on that is... You're not going to have fans if you don't give people a reason to watch what you do. And, like, of course, there are instances where people are just naturally... They naturally get views because they're good at something, like your shrouds, like I said. But teams in general, organizations in general, if they make content, they'll generate fans outside of the uh, eSport they're competing in, and then those fans will follow that team into the eSport. Because that's why yeah. Optic Gaming got so popular, because people that watched Scump and Nadeshot's YouTube videos found out what they actually did, and then they started watching Optic Gaming. So, it's basically a repeating cycle of fan retention and fan conversion. But, that is my answer for that. Do you have anything else to add on that before we end? Because Lethal's itching to get in here. <laughs> uh, No, I feel like we pretty much covered that one. Without anything Neither else man. said uh check out the podcast on youtube check out the description for our links to the audio platforms audio platform listeners thank you guys for bearing with us for another hour of ranting uh i am why the tuck on all socials tj is at tjs rice on all socials if you want to check up on us leave questions in the comments find me on twitter instagram tiktok anywhere that i have an ability to see what you're saying to me ask me questions for the next week's podcast leave me topic ideas Last notes from the topic, Paris has announced their roster, they're still 12th, GAs are necessary but annoying, and content makes you more popular within the realm of esports. So, on that note, I'm going to say goodbye, farewell. DJ, now it's your turn to say goodbye to the lovely people. (laughs) Come on! And until next time, this has been episode two of the Torching Time podcast. Thank you.